There are many news platforms that I dislike, but there is one that I hate, truly hate, above all others, and that is Cheddar News. <laughs> if you have used a gas station pump at any point in the last five years, you have watched Cheddar News. The moment you lift the pump off of its resting place, Cheddar News is in your face, literally, because the screen is right there and it doesn't stop playing until you put the pump back in its place. Now, admittedly, the content on Cheddar News tends to be mostly harmless. A random word of the day, a poorly researched sports segment, that sort of thing. However, GSTV, you can imagine what GSTV stands for, gas station TV. The company that puts Cheddar News on that small and surprisingly loud screen has built its business model on the premise that our time at the pump is an opportunity to make us better consumers. So alongside Cheddar News, GSTV delivers ads for virtual reality headsets and Instagram health packs and Chevy trucks. And in doing so, they invite me and everyone else at the pump to conform to a culture of absent-minded consumption. In our text for today, Paul says, do not be conformed to this world. But how can we do anything but conform when capitalism won't even give us a break at the gas pump? How can we do anything but conform when carrying a smartphone designed to distract and addict us is practically a requirement for participating in society? When your rewards for over-functioning as a college student are good grades and glowing recommendation letters. The pressure to conform to the world is unrelenting. It comes at us at all times from all sides. So we certainly have a mighty task ahead of us if we are to heed Paul's words. Paul's call to resist conformity was no less of a mighty task for his original readers. So remember the body metaphor Paul uses in today's passage? He says, as, for as in one body there are many members and not all members have the same function. Paul did not invent that metaphor. It appears all the time in speeches from around the first century. Politicians and philosophers use this image of society as a body to discourage social change. Things like open dissent, factionalism, even mere upward class mobility were imagined as diseases that must be eradicated in order to protect the body from harm. So the Christians in Rome reading Paul's letter would have been taught from birth that conformity to the world was a virtue. They would have been taught to embrace cultural scripts like patriarchy, ethnocentrism, militarism, scripts that are not altogether different from the ones we receive today. 
yet here is Paul telling them not only to reject these scripts, but to move in the opposite direction, to be transformed by the renewing of their minds, to offer their bodies as a living sacrifice to God. So how is such a thing possible for people who live in a world like theirs or for people who live in a world like ours? Well, at the risk of being cheesy, the answer is quite simple. Jesus. Through Jesus, God has not only saved us, but God has actually created a new kind of body. One that looks nothing like the body imagined by the politicians and the philosophers. This body is made of many members, but they are not arranged in a hierarchy of importance or value. Instead, they are arranged in a web of interdependent relationships, such that no member is more important than another. And in this body, it is grace that determines our roles, not law or custom or tradition. In other words, in the body of Christ, we are invited to bring all of who we are, to live out the fullness of who God has created us to be. And then through the power of God's spirit, we are transformed by others who are also living out their fullness. So let me give you an example of what this looks like in real life. A few days ago, I was at Press House, working through what felt like an endless stream of updates to the website. At this time of year, we have a lot to do and not a lot of time to do. So after making a series of small but time-consuming mistakes, I started to get really frustrated with myself. I just couldn't understand why I kept messing up. And then training negative self-talk started in my head, and I started to catastrophize about other things completely unrelated to what I was working on. And then I began to pay attention to what I was feeling in my body. I felt fatigued. My limbs were heavy, my shoulders were hunched and tense. I felt a knot in my stomach and a strange taste in my mouth. This process of checking in with my body took me about 30 seconds. And when I finished, I realized that I was just hungry. So I went downstairs, got my lunch, I ate, Everything was fine. I fixed my mistakes really quickly, moved on to the next task. Now let me tell you where I learned to do that. I learned it here, and I learned that from Eric. A body scan like the one I practice is one of many embodied practices I have learned from Eric. Erica's steadfast commitment to living out her spiritual commitments in and through her body has been a catalyst for my own transformation. Now this might seem like a small thing, like remembering to eat transformation, 
okay? But for me, that is truly a sign of transformation. Now, I have this thing called Brian. Some of you have probably heard me talk about it before. Undoubtedly, you'll probably hear me talk about it again. Without going into too much detail, Brian mode activates when I feel like I have too much to do and not enough time to do it. And it typically comes at immense physical cost because when it activates, I ignore my body's needs for things like rest and nutrition in order to maximize productivity. Braun mode is just one example of how I am conformed to the world. Because the world prioritizes productivity over just about everything else. And for years, Braun mode would be my go-to when I was feeling pressure to produce. And now, through practices like a simple body scan, I can actually give my body what it needs instead of treating it like an obstacle to overcome. I'm learning how to actually process strong feelings like anxiety and anger and sadness because I now understand that I need to process these feelings in my body and not just in my mind. And what's more, I can use this practice and others like it when I'm in conflict with my partner. Or when a friend says something that hurts me, I can name where a feeling lives in my body instead of being surprised by it. And all of this makes it easier for me to respond in love and grace to those around me. This is what I mean when I say we are transformed by other members of the body. Erica has a gift, and because she shares that gift, I transform. You see, despite our culture's emphasis on self-reliance, we are not actually capable of transforming ourselves by ourselves. We need others to teach us, encourage us, challenge us, Walk with us. We need a community where we can actually practice the values that are important to us in the context of real, embodied human relationships. One where we can fail and be met with grace rather than punishment. And this kind of community is the gift that God offers to us through the body of Christ. Now don't get me wrong, the body of Christ doesn't always feel like a gift. Transformation doesn't always feel like it's what we want. For me, this is especially true at the beginning of the year. It's always exciting when summer ends. Students are back on campus, Madison starts to feel alive again, people are coming in and out of the building, press house feels more full, it's a great time. And yet, I somehow always find myself asking, is all of this hubbub worth it? Getting to know a whole group of people, inevitably saying something awkward and not knowing how to recover, does 
discovering that I have more to learn about how to be a good pastor, mentor, colleague, and friend. Though I know that it is good for me to change and for this community to change, part of me is always thinking it would be much easier to just remain the same. To remain conformed to what is safe and familiar, even if it is not good for me. And yet, it is always worth it. All of the excitement, Exhaustion, messiness, and awkwardness, and self-discovery, all of it is holy. Because in the midst of it all, God's Spirit is at work, transforming all of us into more loving, just, and faithful people. Friends, we are all members of this body. And each of us has a role to play in transforming our body into one that looks more like Christ. I pray that we embrace this process of transformation.